Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 84, part two of Father Bob Farris's talk on contemplative prayer. Okay, what distracts you in your prayer? All right, maybe it's somebody that you really love. Maybe you're, you uh, are very attracted to someone, or you love someone, or you, and they don't love you, or maybe they do. I mean, that's not the point. The point is you're thinking about somebody off and on. Maybe it's your husband, your wife, your child, you're worried. All right, here, who, who, who is who's in your heart? Who is it that, that might be a distraction in your prayer? You got somebody? You don't have anybody. You got somebody? All right. You got somebody? Okay. Lord Jesus, I see this person in my imagination. And I give this person to you. I put this person right into your hands. And under your lordship. Be, be my lord. Be the lord of this relationship. And be the Lord of this person. And I just keep giving this person to you. Amen. Please be seated. And that's how you handle real distractions. That's how you handle your concerns. You make them the subject of your contemplative prayer. Well, I want to, I, contemplative prayer is the best kind. What is it? It's non-conceptual. For the most part, it's just being there with the Lord. But you might say, I can't do that without distractions. All right, I showed you one thing you can do about distractions. And here's another. The real problem is this. It's a dark business, knowing Jesus. It's a murky thing, trying to know the Lord. You're in the dark, and he's in the dark with you. But for him, it's not dark. He sees you just as you are, through and through. Your heart, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your upset, your happiness, your joy, your sadness. He sees it all. He understands it and he feels it. And he's with you. But you may feel like a bump on a pickle. And you're sitting there like a vegetable. And so I said to somebody once, you pray every day? Yeah. What do you do in your prayer? Nothing. How do you feel? Like a vegetable. <laughs> so that's called the prayer of the vegetable. <laughs> and it's a good prayer. Because you're there with the Lord in the dark. He's there. You're there. He loves you. What else do you want? I mean, that's already a lot. But then sometimes we have to do something to keep us from having distractions. Here's what not to do. Don't read a book. I write spiritual books. If you buy one, that's fine. If you read it, they're not on sale here, by the way. They're very rare. <laughs> As I get older, they go out of print. But read a spiritual book anytime you want, but not during your prayer. You don't want to say to the Lord when he says, have you read any good books lately? You don't want to say, I'm reading one now. Thank you. I'm very busy. Right. No. Don't read a book. Jesus is your book. 
Maybe you got a crucifix. All right, have that there. That's a good book. That's the best book, the crucifix. St. Bernard of Clairvaux said, that's my book, The Cross of Jesus. Jesus on the, on the cross, the crucifix. That's my book. That's a good one. Be there with the Lord. And it is dark. And here's the catch. A lot of people, and I'm not talking about everybody, but I, I'm talking probably about more than 50% of the people here. When you received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, or maybe a delayed reaction to it, as in my case, you were filled with gladness. And the Lord was there. And you were aware of the presence of the Lord. And you were aware of his love. And then it kind of all died. And maybe you even blamed yourself. No, that's normal. That's normal. After a time in the light, you go into the darkness. And darkness is the normal state of anybody's prayer. It's not your fault. And it's a grace. If you had a high after the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then you went into a darkness in your prayer, in the pink there, if that happened, did that happen to you? Yeah, all right. And you and about a thousand other people. If that happened to you, that's perfectly normal. What's going on? That's your purification. The Lord was treating you like a little baby before. He was giving you this, this high, this gladness, this happiness. You feel the presence of Jesus. All right. But then he took that away because he wanted you to be there for him, not for feeling his presence. He, didn't want, he doesn't want you to be attached to consolation and prayer. He doesn't want you to be attached to that. He wants you to be attached to him. He wants you to love him not because of how he makes you feel, but of who he is. And so he's treating you like an adult. And darkness is the normal condition of the Christian at prayer with Jesus. Contemplative prayer is non-conceptual. It's not saying words. It's not reading a book. It's not saying prayers. It's just being with Jesus because he's there and I'm here and we're together and that's it. But I don't feel anything. So welcome to the human race. That's the ordinary condition. And it's purifying. It purifies you. Now you're attached to Jesus just because of who he is and not because of the way he makes you feel. He doesn't make you feel good. He makes you feel crummy. That's fine. You're attached to him. Are you following me? Yes. It's like a marriage. Maybe your wife, your wife isn't always going to make you feel good. Lots of times she's going to criticize you. And she's going to say, you're no good. Or she's going to say, get a job. Or she's going to say, I don't know what. Where are you? Why aren't you home on time? But the dinner's been waiting for an hour and a half. Well, what do you do? That's part of marriage. That's part of the, dark, the darkness. It's not all happiness and joy and gladness and laughing and all that. No. Some of it is a little hard. You've got to get through it. But it's purifying. As Thomas Merton has said, if you want to be a saint, there are only two ways. One is to be a monk. The other way is to get married. <laughs> when you're married, you learn about love. And you learn that it's not easy. You got to hang in there. And that's true of your prayer. That's true with Jesus. You got to hang in there. You got to be there in the dark. Darkness is the ordinary condition. Oh, yeah, but I mean, what do I do? I'm not reading. You told me not to read. Now, what do I do? Here's what, what, I, what I do. 
and what a lot of people do. You repeat a prayer, like the name of Jesus. That's called the Jesus Prayer. Oh, I mean, it's one version. You just say Jesus over and over. Or you might use an ejaculatory prayer, like, Jesus, help me. I said that, I, I told this story when I was here years ago, so if you've heard it, try to laugh anyway, okay? <laughs> My mother was in a nursing home when she was older, and I went to visit her, and uh, she said, I don't know what to do. She said, I can't go to Mass. I can't receive Holy Communion. She was just out of it, totally, in a wheelchair and just bombed out on drugs. She said, I can't say the rosary. I can't pray. I can't read. I don't know what to do. What will I do? I said, hey, just say like, a, like the name of Jesus or maybe a, an ejaculatory prayer. She said, what's that? I said, well, for example, Jesus, help me. She said, I'm supposed to say, Jesus, help me? I said, yeah. You just repeat that over and over. Jesus, help me. And that's a good prayer. She said, will it work? I said, yeah, it'll work. Do it. Okay. So then I went, I went back to Rome, and when, next time I was back uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota, where I'm from, my brother said to me, are you going out to see Mother? I said, yeah, in the nursing home, yeah. He said, well, you better straighten her out because she's driving everyone in the nursing room, in the nursing home crazy. I said, why? She keeps repeating in a very loud voice, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. I said she was, I told her to, I didn't tell her to do it out loud. I thought she'd do it <laughs> silently. No, they, my brother Dick, he says, no, she's doing it out loud. They're just driving her. And then they say, Mrs. Pharisee, please stop. And she says, my son, the priest, told me to do this. <laughs> so I go out there, right? I go out to the nursing home, and I'm going down this long corridor, and at the end I know I'm going to, I'm going to come into this clearing where the old ladies are all bombed out on drugs and they're sitting there and all right and my mother is one of them so I'm coming down this hall and I hear the voice and the voice is saying Jesus help me Jesus oh man I think it's she really is doing this so I step into the clearing and she sees me and her eyes get real big and she says it works That's a true story. If you know my mother, you'd really think it was funny. Okay, so that's what you do. You just take the name of Jesus or some short phrase like that. Jesus, I love you. Or, or just his name. And you put it in your heart. And you let it repeat itself silently. And that way, you're centering yourself on Jesus. It's called centering prayer. You're centering yourself on Jesus' name, and that way you're centering yourself on him. And it's a way of avoiding distractions. When I say don't read prayers, I don't mean don't say the rosary. Because this thing that I'm telling you now about repeating the name of Jesus, some people here already do this, it's the same as saying the rosary. What are you doing? You're setting up a block in your mind. You're blocking out distractions. You're blocking out thoughts. When I'm saying the rosary, am I thinking about the Hail Marys and the Our Fathers? No, I'm not. I'm meditating, as they say, on the mysteries. I'm thinking for the first mystery about the Annunciation. I'm not really thinking about it. I'm kind of getting into it. I'm kind of getting with the Blessed Virgin Mary and all that. I'm kind of in the framework of the Annunciation. I don't have uh, any kind of uh, 
visual or graphic imagination, because I think I ruined it when I was younger. But I do, I can kind of be with Mary, right, in this setting. I'm just with her there in the first mystery. I'm kind of like, that's what I'm doing. And I'm not thinking about the Our Father's words or about the words of the Hail Mary. And that is how, that's how you can pray. You can do that with the name of Jesus. Put it in your heart, let it repeat itself very slowly, and you're just centering yourself on Jesus. Let's do it. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to help me to put your name in my heart where you are. And I want to repeat your name in my heart. Silently. Very slowly. And center myself on you. Amen. Let's do it for about a minute. Amen. How did it go? How many people found this a helpful way to pray? Raise your hand. Not bad, huh? Some people are already doing it. Maybe it's not your thing. Okay, then do something else. You just be with the Lord and have read a scripture text, and when you get distracted, go back to the scripture text. But every time you go back to it, then put it aside and turn to Jesus. Don't be stuck in a book. But to repeat the name of Jesus over and over, you can do that for 20 minutes. You can do it for an hour. You can do that. It's a way to sometimes, uh, I shouldn't tell you this, but you don't live in Italy, but some of the sermons there are really boring. <laughs> and, and they get very long. And so I do that. If I'm going to a, like a second mass, I just do that centering prayer. I just repeat the name of Jesus, shut my eyes, and I try to tune the guy out. And since it's a foreign language, I can do it. You can't always do it if he's talking in your native language. But you can always leave the church. I do that sometimes, too. I say to the lady next to me, uh, how long does this guy talk? About 10 minutes. Okay. Then I go out and I come back in 10 minutes. I don't recommend that. It's an aberration. All right. Tongues is another way. Why, why do we have the gift of tongues? Mainly for your personal prayer. That's what it's for. St. Paul says, when I speak in tongues, I talk to God. That's what he's saying. He's not, he, you, I can talk in tongues to you. You're not going to have a clue as to what I'm saying. But I pray in tongues to God. He knows my heart. He knows me. I'm like a little baby that doesn't know how to talk yet. I'm just babbling. And he thinks I'm great. And he thinks you're great. And you can pray in tongues in your personal prayer. Now, I don't recommend this, but I do know two people, both women, who do nothing. They pray for an hour every morning, and, and the second one prays for an hour in the afternoon. They do nothing but pray in tongues. So here, I'll talk about the layperson. It's a laywoman. She was uh, in a pagan religion. She was born in India. And when she was a young woman, she was walking down the street, going past an Anglican church, and she heard this noise. And she went in, and it turned out, she found out later, to be an Anglican charismatic prayer group. She wasn't a Catholic. She was a member of an Indian religion. So she walked in, and they said, hello. 
and they laid hands on her, and they sang, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on her, and she got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and she started singing in tongues. And eventually she became a Catholic. Now she prays an hour every day. She has a family and everything, but she prays an hour every day only in tongues. That's all. One hour singing in tongues. And I know another person who's been a Catholic all her life who just, that's the way she prays. She prays in tongues for two hours a day. I don't recommend it. It's an extreme case. But I'm saying, what are they doing? Non-conceptual prayer. Tongues is noisy contemplative prayer. It's vocalized contemplation. It's a good way to pray. If you have distractions and you're trying to do this Jesus prayer and it's not getting anywhere and you're still concerned, pray in tongues under your breath. In my family, I wouldn't, if I'm home with one, and want to live in with one of my brothers, for example, I don't sing in tongues out loud because they already think I'm pretty crazy. But <laughs> they haven't had me committed yet. So you don't want to do this in a loud voice. But you can pray under your breath, under, under your breath in tongues. And that's a good way to pray. Or you can use the Jesus prayer. Well, should I pray every day? Yeah, you should. How much time? That's between you and Jesus. And that depends on your day and on your circumstances, when you do it and where you do it. But yes, you should have a quiet time with the Lord every day, one way or another. Why? Because that's what commitment is about. Love is about commitment. If you love someone, you're committed to that person. That's why people get married. It's a commitment. People are committed. Just because your child gets drunk or runs away or beats somebody up or gets arrested, you don't stop loving that child. You're committed to that child. And what's more, you put in time. You put in time with the one you love. I mean, what, if you don't put in time with Jesus, you're like the husband that says, I really love you guys. I love you, my wife and my children, but I'm working for you. That's why I'm out all day and why I don't come home until midnight, because I'm busy helping you. It's all for you. Yeah, well, how come you're never here? Because I love you so much. That doesn't work, does it? If you love someone, you spend time with them. Maybe not a lot, but some, 20 minutes a day, 25 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, an hour a day, you spend time with that person. Not everybody can get to daily mass, but everybody can find a few minutes. Maybe it's on the bus. Maybe it's walking. But you can find it, and you can, you can, do, you can say the rosary, or you can use centering prayer, saying the name of Jesus. That's contemplative prayer. You might say, well, contemplative prayer is for monks. And that's what every priest will tell you, and they will. What they don't know is that that is the big grace of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you don't have the grace of contemplative prayer. You do. That's the biggest grace. Not everybody prays in tongues. Not everybody has prophecy. Not everybody can pray for healing. Not everybody has the, the charism of deliverance. Not everybody has the charism of organization like, and leadership like Miles. Not everybody has those gifts, but everybody that gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I don't care how old you are. Are you listening to me? If you've, been, if you've received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you can pray the way I said, contemplation, putting Jesus in your heart and praying very slowly, repeating his name, just being with him. We all contemplate. When you go to Holy Communion, what do you do? You go back to your pew 
and for a few seconds, a few minutes, you shut up. That's contemplative prayer. Extend that. What do you do when the priest elevates the body of the Lord? You're looking at him. You might say a word or two, like, my Lord and my God, or I believe, or something. But mostly, you're just adoring Jesus. And the same thing when the priest elevates the precious blood. That's what, like uh, the other day, the, the, the priest, maybe it was last night, the priest said Mass here. And he held, he held Jesus up for a long time, right? Yeah. I thought that was good. What, what are you doing when, he, when you're looking at Jesus? Nothing. Or maybe you just say a few words. But mostly, that's contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer is just being with the Lord, adoring him, worshiping him, praising him. You can do it in tongues. You can do it in very quiet, with quiet in your heart. Or you can do it repeating the name of Jesus very slowly in your heart. But, but that's what prayer is. To get started, you might need to read a little bit of a spiritual book, or ideally, read a little bit from the New Testament, or maybe the Gospel of the Day, or, so, or the first reading, or half of it. But then, put it aside. Jesus loves you, and he's here, and he's there in your prayer, and he wants to be with you. God bless you. Thank you. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximize your potential, to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life is filled with meaning, purpose, and joy. So God bless and stay safe.